You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. It is November 12, 2018. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. And Kevin's not here. So I don't get any fun stuff from Dan. Dan doesn't do the hoo-ha-hoo or... No, because I'm not annoying. <laughs> no, I can't, you can't thank you guys for tuning in sorry for the technical difficulties had some issues getting my computer running and then it cut out on me whenever dan and i were getting set up in the first chat so if you guys ended up getting multiple youtube notifications i apologize but i'm not that sorry but thank you guys for tuning in hit the subscribe button if you guys are not already subscribed hit the notification bell icon and then also make sure you hit the thumbs up it's pretty easy for us and <laughs> We have the uh, we have the uh, live chat going off, Dan. And to Richard's uh, disappointment, I am not solo. I'm solo in the studio, but I do have the return of Dan James. I am here. Who would have believed it? I was actually the first one here. Yeah, yeah, you were. Yeah, I had a lot of, like I said, technical difficulties. We're past it. This is yeah. uh, we're gonna have fun tonight. We're gonna have a lot of fun. Kevin's not here. The when the mouse is away, the cats will play, that kind of thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was so good to see you yesterday. It's been so long, and it was such a shock and surprise. I was on the way to the game yesterday, and I get that text message from you to, to me and Kevin saying that you're going to be able to make it, and I got pretty damn giddy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it was uh, the stars aligned. Yeah, I wasn't going to go, and then a friend of mine had a ticket and just made it happen. It was amazing. And yeah. I was, I mean, and then just happened to be able to get down there early enough to actually hang out. So that was yeah. awesome. That was awesome. And thank, thank everybody for coming out. Um, we had a lot of people show up outside of the bar right in front of the supporter section. A lot of homies got to meet some people, Joe Johnstone, Brian, got to see Richard, um, Matt Weineker, uh, christian patrick a lot of people a lot of people showed up and I'm, my brain is fried and thank you guys for for coming and hanging out it was really fun it was it was like a second tailgate inside because it was cold outside man it was fucking freezing yeah it was gross it was awesome I, um, i'm so glad that i actually managed to make it down there to meet people <laughs> like uh, the happiest of joe's what a great guy matt weinecker um a, a whole bunch of people uh, i was um, sad that Kevin Brown wasn't there, um, but you know, was still he there? Never met Kevin Brown in person. Still never met Kevin Brown. Mm -hmm. It's a shame. Yeah, yeah. It whatever, Delmer. I do show up to the tailgates late. You know, I, you know what? I'm not sorry. You know, it, it happens. Shit happens. Got a lot going on. This is my last episode for a while in the studio, but in two weeks, hopefully, we'll, we will be celebrating. Here, Dan, you better make it after we beat Red Bulls at home. Oh my gosh. Uh, today was a rough day uh, because there was a lot of celebrating last night. Um, 
but I, I'm surprised that we actually pulled it off and we pulled it off pretty confidently. Maybe I'm not surprised that we pulled it off, but the confidence in which we played was not something I was expecting to do. Like after that performance, I very well, I, I feel somewhat confident that we should beat the Red Bulls and go on to the final. So, and I was not thinking that way, obviously, before the game. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other thing, going into it, you see the lineup going into last night, and we were all kind of baffled. It came out while we were out in the atrium, and it was just, was not expecting to see four guys, four natural center backs playing in the back, and then having Greg Garza pushed up into the midfield and having just have that weird, as we were talking about yesterday, that lineup came out and we're like, yeah, I don't really think it's going to be a four, three, three, maybe a five. Yeah. Like five, five at the back, back sort of thing. Yeah. Five, three, two. I was in talking about the lineup. I was very surprised to see miles Robinson in there. And then I was, I got a little bit nervous because, um, he, I mean, I've, he's had some great games. Um, I forget the, uh, Oh, against, um, LAFC, he played immense. Uh, but, I mean, that was kind of LAFC not being the best team uh, at that moment in time. Maybe they were just far too intimidated. But this, I feel like this was his coming out game. He, I feel like he, he must have made like um, five headers or something, clearing us out of danger. Uh, I, was, I was really impressed with him. And I just kept on like the people I was watching the game with. I was like, it's miles again. It's miles again. He's, he saved us and made another header. And it was great. I, I was, I'm really um, looking forward to seeing, um, you know, if Parkhurst hangs it up next year uh, for him kind of being the next guy up to pair with uh, LGP. Yeah. I think we have a couple options there too. I mean, I, th- I think you're right. I think miles Robinson played very well yesterday. He had like one shaky moment where the crowd was kind of, I think it was a back pass to Guzan that seemed a little out of place. And then everybody kind of clenched for a minute. <laughs> and then the rest of the game, he seemed to have it in control. He was, he played really well. And we talked about it before that. I, I think he had one slip up during the middle of the season, whenever he got brought in and that Dallas game away to kind of shore up the defense and we ended up giving that game away. He had a, an error that kind of led to that, that comeback and that, uh, that loss. But for the most part, he seems to be a guy who really kind of plays up to the competition that he's against. I mean, we've seen him a couple times early on in the season where everybody was going in thinking God, it's going to be a little nervy because last year as a rookie and rightfully so he was a little shaky at times and he wasn't that great. Um, I'm trying to think, when we saw him, it was U.S. Open Cup mostly last year. Is that when we saw him? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I th- he started a game, though. Um, I cannot remember which one it is. Yeah, but the kid is is turning out. I think he's he's turning out to be a good player. And like I was saying, I mean, we have options, too, that we can kind of spice things up and move Franco Escobar into that position with LGP if need be. I do really like Franco Escobar in that right wing and the, the right back yeah, position because he is, and we, we talked about it too, going in, looking at his highlight film coming up from, um, where do you play? Independiente, right? Or no, old boys. Okay. From old boys. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
he seemed to have a lot better knack for passing and playmaking than than anybody was giving him credit for. And we're starting to see that a lot. He, his confidence is surging. I don't know if you've noticed that over the past few games. He has really seemed extremely comfortable on the ball. He's got much better. What I really like that he's brought to that wing is strength. Uh, we, we, we've never really had um, a strong uh, right back or on that side of the field in, in the defending part in a brief history. But he's, um, he's got strength. He's got uh, motivation. He's got speed. He has one of the best running styles that I've seen in a long while. Uh, he sort of like bounds and seems to just make a lot up of ground without his legs going like uh, um, very, very fast. But yeah, he's kind of like one of you, you ever see those those you'll never you'll never believe who the fastest player in the Premier League is. You ever seen those tabloid <laughs> lists come out? Turns out like Phil Jack Yelka is the fastest guy. However, they're calculating it. It's kind of the same thing. It's like he has you have a long gait and you don't really look, but he covers ground so quickly, man. And it's great because we play adventurously or adventurous, whatever. And he he's able to get back uh, on the ball. But going yeah. back, looking at that that lineup is again just kind of jarring. And I mean, you, if you look at it, you have five defenders, like five natural defenders that are playing. And it, it one thing that's great about it is we have a lot of youth there lgp is 20 what is he's 26 and miles robinson's 21 and then escobar's 23 it's great to have i mean that's a, a decent amount of players with youth at such a position that requires a lot of experience and maturity so we're setting ourselves up well for the future no i, agree I wonder if uh, i wonder if in the off season we'll bring in more of a veteran center back if um if Parkhurst retires um and I did see uh Kendall Waston was not happy with his time in Vancouver so he Ooh. may be looking <laughs> to go on the move I don't know we'll see some sort of career resurgence for him coming to Atlanta I yeah. do love how I love his offensive prowess he is great in the air <laughs> yes he is don't seem to score much on his you know set pieces um well, I take that back. We we scored off a set piece last night. Corners with with defenders and headers. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple shouts in in the in the live chat in the trap for the man of the match. And one of the big ones that's coming up that I saw is uh, Eric Rometty. Uh, that's from Domer saying Rometty. Uh, he had Morales. Uh, what did he say? He had Morales nailed down for 180 minutes. He really did. He forced he yep. forced an, uh, a really uh, talented little attacking midfielder off to the side to the wings and kind of made him obsolete for most of the games. I mean, you could see it, the, the amount of frustration that was coming off of, of, um, they're coming out of Maxi Morales throughout last night was, it was kind of awesome to watch because I, I don't put him in the same category <laughs> yes, as maybe Felipe and, and Luciano Acosta and, and those guys, but he still is a little bit of a, an annoying player to have to play against or to have to watch our team play against. And it was kind of fun to watch him get angry. I didn't think so. Maybe my perspective on him is a little bit skewed, but I've always put him as sort of a calm and collected uh, guy. I mean, he's a very industrious midfielder. He, he's been one of my favorite players on their side for a long time, but uh, I loved how, <laughs> yeah, Rometty just, destroyed him he was not letting him get away with anything 
gosh. I feel like Rometty, obviously, I feel like Rometty is the best signing we've made this season in terms of impact to the team. And I want to say maybe one of the most impactful signings in the league. Especially, um, it's it's kind of highlighted even more because of how out of nowhere it came from, yeah. how little <laughs> anybody knew about the guy, and just how there was no transition period for him. He came in, what, the second game he played a half, and then he's been starting pretty much since. Yeah, he it's it's been immense. I may have to put... I've been debating which uh, which next player I need to get on um, one of my uh, away jersey. So, I mean, obviously I want LGP, but Rometty, I mean, he's made a very strong case. Oh, yeah, because you have that Assad jersey. Yeah. It's going to come back into play next year. Mark my words. You're going to be able to wear it again next year, no problem. <laughs> you think Assad's coming back? I think so. I still think so. Should we take, uh, a couple shouts in, about that in, later? in the trap. Nathan Lyons, our fantasy victor for the for the fall league saying guzan getting undercut is like me tripping over my kids in the kitchen it's a good shout <laughs> getting undercut by maxi morales is it's kind of a feat um <laughs> yeah i mean for me i don't know if you want to go man of the match positive and negatives where you want to go dan but if, if we're just going to stick with that man of the match i think to me without a doubt it, maybe over two legs you give it to remedy but yesterday the man he he got a guitar, and rightfully so. Darlington Nagby was the man on the field last night. Yeah, he was. He was very good. Um, I thought I I'd, I'd put him a little bit behind Rometty. Uh, maybe that's just from like an optics point of view. But um, Nagby's been great. Even the past um, the first leg in New York, he's he's just all over the place. And he's so underrated as well. I feel like I'm having to, every time I watch the game, I'm like having to consciously think about, well, oh, what's Nagby doing? Like, what's he doing off the ball? What's wh- where is he he going? But um, he's he's been fantastic. Oh, Elliot Beaven in the trap saying is Nagby injured? Uh, I just read like, yeah, the team is saying he's week to week, but apparently Joe Patrick spoke to him or was talking. Uh, to him after the game last night and he was just icing his leg and it said uh, he didn't seem like it would it would bother was bothering him as much so hopefully Nagby's to go good to go but um I really would I don't with, with Jeff not being there that a Nagby injury would really hurt if we if we can't play him yeah absolutely uh, <laughs> um I agree Brian Diefenbach saying that Nagby brings a calm to the pitch um the the thing that I noticed last night is is just kind of a common theme with him too is there are a lot of balls that get played that usually would be overplayed to a lot of people and he's able to latch onto them pretty quickly and make something out of them like balls that normally would go sail past even Eric Rometty or or Jeff Lorenowitz and he's able to control that I mean Rometty was pretty outstanding last night so was Escobar I kind of liked LGP going, uh, getting attacking a little bit. Um, yeah, he is. <laughs> didn't feel I'd like see, I had to worry about that as much. Yeah. Um, on soccer down here, Jared Smith is always talking about uh, Jeff Concacaf LGP. 
So he he is he is going to be just fine in playing in those championship league games. He will throw he will throw a neck choke when he needs to. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy metal LGP. I love that guy. Um, yeah, I mean he's he's he has really stepped up as well. I feel like our, our defense is so underrated. You know, you look at these stupid um, uh, best eleven uh, of the season, and you know we never have any Atlanta United defenders in those um things but i feel like we we are we don't as a system put our defense in a position to succeed but the fact that our guys are succeeding and we're winning so many games because our defense is making these um sort of last minute plays he i i think they they go under the radar quite a lot um i remember what Kevin Brown was talking about common tackling slide tackle in the world last year, but I think LGP's brought on that mantle this year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were pretty solid in defense la- last night. It was, I didn't really feel like we had a lot of shaky moments. I don't think there's a whole lot you could do about that goal. I think that Escobar kind of, I mean, he had the foul that led to that. It was kind of a silly, uh, lunging challenge that he had because he just wanted to recover on that ball. At least that's what it seemed like he was doing. And just, overreach for it got the foul set piece ensues uh ping pong ping pong all through the box and then the goal goes in there's not a whole lot you could do about that but the good thing is that we were able to get the the goal back um and and get that two goal uh victory last night the i was kind of impressed by escobar's ability to win that penalty i'm not gonna lie (laughs) his ability to turn on a dime on that on the touchline and and uh get the ball past who was it that fouled him was it chanel was it collins it was um i think it was to george uh yeah he and it was interesting because because Escobar could turn so quickly that the uh, Shirati just put both legs. He'd gone in with both feet studs up anyway, which is kind of ridiculous. But he'd hooked in Escobar's leg and just basically the force that he was moving with uh, just pulled Escobar along with him and, you know, gave up the penalty. It was, a, I mean, it was a real risky play. He had, he had got him pretty much cornered in that corner of the field and was closing down the angle. I thought it was a little bit of a desperation, but uh, thank you very much. And gosh, Joseph Martinez penalties. They, I, I, I I'm not going to say it cause it's just going to jinx it. I just get nervous every time he takes one. I do too. <laughs> that, that whole lead up, uh, no matter who does the theatrics before a PK, that does nothing for my nerves, but make them worse. Yeah. <laughs> Because you never know. You're going to hit a bad divot. No, I mean, obviously not on turf, but like you're playing somewhere in New England or um, somewhere shitty where the field is not as great. And you hit a bad divot, something like that, and you're going to send it sailing. You're going to slide. You're going to misstep. It's going to go over, and it's just not worth it. But it's all right. It's all right. I, mean, the, I wonder, so when he makes that initial, when he makes that final leap, Part of me feels like he's actually looking to see which way the keeper is going. And whilst he is in the air, he's making his decision which way he's going to kick the ball because it seems that's what he's doing because his success rate has been phenomenal. 
but I don't understand. Does he actually have that mental capacity and sort of physical awareness that he can make, he can change which the direction he's going to kick the ball in like an eighth of a second? Um, or is he actually just going in there and he's he's playing through the whole thing as one sort of movement and knows exactly where he's going to put the ball regardless of what the keeper does? That's what I think. That's what <laughs> that's what I t- what I tend to think is going on there. But it would be pretty damn impressive, even more impressive, if he was making that split second decision based off of where the keeper was going in the, as you said, the eighth of a second that he has to do it. It's but it is, it's very nervy. As Michelle said, it could be worse. It could be a Pogba taking penalty. Yeah. <laughs> or it could be David Beckham. And what, what World Cup was that? Where he, he sailed a PK in the World Cup, right? Was it World Are you sure it's not Chris Batty you're thinking of? Who? Chris Batty. David, mm-hmm. David Batty? One of them. Doesn't matter. It was definitely Beckham. It doesn't matter because England have sorted out all their penalty woes. And it's, you know, we're just going to win every other penalty shootout that comes along. <laughs> Um, I think that if I was attempt to attempt Martinez penalty technique, um, I would run up, and as soon as I've jumped in the air, I would have so much indecision about where I'm going to take my kick that I'd just ended up. I would just end up falling and crumpling myself onto the floor, and it'd be a weak penalty, and the goalkeeper would just, you know, kind of just stop it with his foot. Yeah, the only goal I ever scored in high school soccer. Granted, I started playing in 11th grade and played in 12th grade. I took a PK. The keeper caught it and rolled into the goal. Not gonna. (laughs) I kicked it so hard that it took him into the goal. Uh, Well, I never scored a goal in my playing career. You probably didn't play striker though, did you? No, I played right back. Yeah, I played striker. Yeah, like, but I was a traditional knee injuries than I did goals. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) That's the way it goes. What's happening? Uh, We got Saul. We got a new guy or new uh, new name in the chat. We have uh, Augustine Soto. Uh, What's happening, guys? Thank you guys for tuning in. Talking uh, man of the match. Who was your man of the match? Is it Remedi? Yeah, I would take Remedi. I mean, I mean, I always default to Almiron because. He the was magne- so good last night too. The, the magnetism that he has and the the lengths that players will go to to try and injure him, for, <laughs> uh, if we're being really honest, um, just it, he just has such a center of gravity that pulls people all over the pitch. I mean that free kick, holy shit! Yeah, that free kick yeah. was insane. I, I was watching it, so I was. <clears throat> During the first half, we were at the sort of the corner of the end zone, but we were looking at Sean Johnson. Yeah, we were looking at the supporter section. So when um when he took that kick, it just I could well, I was watching the ball and it just kept going and kept going and kept going. And Sean Johnson dived and the ball kept going. <laughs> it was I I I was I was just elated. I was ecstatic. I don't have I don't have the words to describe how I was feeling, but um, I, f- I feel like Rometty. What would what would you go for? I, I think yesterday, as I was saying, Nagby, uh, I think was kind of magnetic in the midfield. I think he was kind of overlooked a little bit. Obviously, not by the guys giving the guitars away. As somebody had said, I think it was 
maybe Nathan Lyon saying that they were just trying to give everybody a uh, a guitar at some point during the season. But I thought that he just continues to be that that man. One guy I will say, last year he was the missing piece, and this year he's been in the first two games of the playoffs. Greg Garza has been kind of an unsung hero in this lineup. Yeah. I mean, the 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 leadership that he's bringing to alongside his ability to track back, his ability to uh, to attack up the wings. I, I thought that he played pretty well last night, too. And it's just a, a bit of consistency that we're able to to give to the team. And, and again, that leadership that a veteran brings to that team, too. He he has made that left wing probably about 300 percent more dangerous than it was before with just Barco and Chris McCann in there because he is flying. I'd, I'd honestly forgotten how fast he was. He's coming in there and he's always the guy that is cleaning up any rebounds on the left side of the field. He's always there. He's always there to punch it in. And Barco's never been there to do that or Chris McCann. So he actually absolutely brings a new, brings a different dimension to this. Um, I hope I'm not going to say that either because that is going to uh, jinx things. But <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the uh, the trap has kind of turned their attention towards the the man of the match in some people's eyes. I'm sure in the MLS narrative <laughs> eyes, and then kind of the man of the hour a week ago, whenever it came up that he was going to be refereeing our game, Mark Geiger. Um, I have no complaints about yesterday. I, I thought that he handled the game really well. I think we talked about. Uh, I can't even remember the the referee's name off the top of my head, but the the ref that was up at Yankee Stadium who kind of took control over the game more than he should have and kind of trying to make a spectacle out of it in his own image. Geiger, I didn't think did that. I think yesterday he set the tone early that he wasn't gonna uh, he wasn't gonna accept the nonsense. Whenever that foul on Miguel Amaron happened, he immediately threw threw a yellow card at. Um, Oh, on Chino, like yeah, that was, was Chino, early, right? Because it was ridiculous, right? Yeah. And, and Geiger immediately—that's a great call from him. I, and he again set the tone. He's like, you know, that is yellow card worthy. That's a caution throughout the game, and he was pretty consistent in giving those out throughout the game. Yeah, Chino was lucky not to get a second yellow. Agreed. Um, he did. You have you seen the um, the TV replay of of what happened with that foul? You talking about the one that was further up? The the Chino foul that he got a yellow for on yeah, Miguel. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's so funny because he get the the camera's right there, so you can the um, Miguel's coming in and the camera's on the sideline. And as soon as it happens, it looks horrible. And then as soon as it happens, Tatar is like up in the official's face, barking at him, <laughs> and the whole bench just springs off. It's just a it's a very like close up um, uh, view of what's actually happening and everyone else's reaction. So I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it, I thought um, Tato's reaction was fantastic. Yeah, the man is nothing if not passionate. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, he and he wants to protect his players. But I think overall there were a few things. I mean, just like any game, a referee's going to miss or he's going to misjudge or he's going to go lighter than he should or go heavier than he should. Uh, I think Geiger for the most part did a good job yesterday. He didn't let the he didn't let the what is the ah oh, damn it, I'm trying to think of the phrase. He didn't let the situation get too big or what's the um anyway. He did a good job. He didn't he didn't 
You say you're able to keep the lid on things. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. He, I, I, my brain is fried. No, I, yeah, mine too, man. I wonder because you know, people, you know, I've seen some things on Twitter and people are like, oh, well, now Atlanta United fans are happy with Mark Geiger because they won. So I've been trying to think of ways, like, okay, well, if we didn't win, if we didn't win, what would be the decisions that we are harping on Mark Geiger about for losing us the game? Um, it would probably be because he didn't give out. A yellow card but i feel like we played so dominant in this game um that uh and i felt like new york were tired as well so it was kind of obvious where those um where those yellow card situations like the foul on miggy were and the penalty um actually uh, were able to be obvious enough for him to make the call. But the thing about Geiger is um, I was glad he wasn't on bar because I always just go back to the uh, Red Bulls game at the Benz when Joseph was disallowed that uh, that first goal because he accidentally tripped. Uh, I think it was Aaron Long or Tim Parker or someone. But um, and But it was just when you saw the replay of one of the adverts and Geiger was – uh, looking at the VAR situation, he was like, "Yeah, we've got it." It just, it just seemed like he was just searching and searching and searching for something that he could make a decision on that would help influence the game. Like he, he had such an ego that he wanted to, he wanted to be the man who made it, who made the difference. Uh, and I feel like maybe one theory is maybe the World Cup, because maybe the World Cup matured him a little bit like it's made him a better referee because i don't think we've had those uh geiger issues across the league since the world cup yeah i i, I don't think i've heard his name really uttered since yeah that's and it's good too he's not making a spectacle of anything <laughs> exactly all right uh tifo thoughts on the tifo getting a lot of chatter about that i thought it was incredible did you see uh um, Julie Sakovitz's uh, video of Tata when they put the TIFO up? No. Uh, his reaction, he's just like, he's smiling, he's going a l slightly red in the face, and then he has to like walk away because he realizes he's being filmed. But it's, it's a fantastic reaction. It, it made me weep a little. Yeah. God, I'm going to miss <laughs> that, man. Me too, man. <laughs> God, if we... If we don't get somebody who plays a similar style of uh, soccer and who has, we have to, right? Oh, I trust will. our front office. Will. Yeah. I trust They, they want to make money, and, and this style of soccer makes money. Yeah. All right, Dan. Going in to the Eastern Conference Finals, what can you take away from, what positives can you take away from the NYCFC series that you can say that this is something that gives you it puts you in the mindset that we are going to be able to beat New York Red Bulls, a team that we've never beaten. So if you look at the possession and passing statistics of really this, this last game, uh, we're not looking to take possession and necessarily ticky-tacker a whole bunch of beautiful passes together to, because, you know, Red Bulls are those disruptors. So if 
if we we seem to be a lot more comfortable playing that way last night to be able to soak up pressure and hit on the counter. So I think that could be a great um, a great uh, advantage to be playing against Red Bull because they don't like to have possession. They they want to be um, they want to disrupt you. They want to frustrate you. I mean, we <laughs> were frustrating the heck out of NYCFC last night, which which I haven't really seen us done before. I mean, you'd see. Um, I think when we played Vancouver early in the season, we were getting frustrated with them, but it was, uh, they were getting frustrated with us, but that's because we were a much better team than they were and with LAFC. So I, I'm kind of cautiously optimistic about this. I mean, imagine if we could get that monkey off our back in this fashion in the Eastern Conference final. Yeah, that'd be something, right? I mean, it'd be crazy. They spoiled our opening match of our of our uh, of Bobby Dodd of our history and they they just the they're a big bugaboo. We gotta get rid of them. They We're are. going to. Um a couple things in the live chat. Um Joe Johnstone saying five three two formation going into this um going into the series. Brian saying the last two games Kind of to your point, Dan, talking about the last two games, we've played ugly and gone direct to great effect and stayed stable on defense. And I think that's kind of, I think that's a great way to look at going into that Red Bulls game. I didn't even think about that. If you were to put that possession into their their court and, and put that into their hands, see what they actually do with it. See if they're able to maintain that possession. Because last night, I mean, that was a great... I think we saw we saw it kind of morph over over the 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 two legs because in New York City we talked about especially in the second half we were playing direct but we we were playing too fast. You saw where mm-hmm. Joseph and and Tito were getting up into these positions and they had no support and they were having to break on their own because they were so far ahead of the play. We were playing too fast, but we were able to catch up last night on some of those counterattacks whenever you had Maggie pushing up the the left side or um I'm trying to think who played that ball from the back. Maybe it was um, LGP, but still, e- either way, it seems like we're, we were catching up to our to our own um, increase in pace for those counterattacks and 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 for the for the more direct play, as it were. And I do like that going into Red Bulls because you don't want to try and pass it around them. Like you said, they're disruptors. They're going to be on our backs at all turn or every turn, and we've seen that time and time again. Be um, an issue for us, whether that's against DC whenever they've beaten us or, or against Red Bulls. Right. I I was thinking about like, how do you, how do you like give them possession? And the only way I can think about it and Joe Johnson in the trap saying bunker to counter, like it's the counter bunker, right? So as soon as you get the, as soon as you get the ball off them, or as soon as that you break down one of their attacking plays, all you do is you just go direct. You go direct with a long ball. You go direct with a with an Almiron streak, or you know, you you go direct to goal. We're not none of this passing it around laterally, like passing it up to the left uh, corner, passing it up to the right corner, and then passing it all the way back to Gizan. No more of that now. We, we need to be absolutely ruthless. Um, as soon as we get the ball, we're in on goal. And that's what we need to do. Because, yeah. we, you know, we like you're saying, we had the speed to beat the New York defenders. Um, I think they were getting a little bit tired. And it seemed like 
um, Columbus on their game on the the game last night, they would they just had enough. They they've had that huge uh, streak, even though they had a week off. I think that built up um, uh, fatigue. But they they gave people on the two two of Royer's goals. They had they just gave up so much space and um and it seems to be that that comes from fatigue. So our defense isn't like that. We're a lot more dynamic. No, I I, I agree with that. I see. I think did I see Zach Steffen is bowing out of the U.S. men's national team too after last night? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I want I want to say he's <laughs> he's he's taken the uh, the international break and he's going to go probably go rest. Um, I, and Joe, yeah, valiant effort from that Columbus team. Good on them. I mean, until the very end, they were really hanging on to that, um, to that they, game. I guess into the yeah, it was the seventy third and the seventy sixth minute that Daniel Royer put two two goals in. That's one thing I will say is a little troublesome, a little worrisome is that Daniel Royer is kind of firing right now, and he's a guy who, despite us losing to them every time we play them, it seems like Daniel Royer is usually off of his game or he's missing chances and if, if he's firing and if he's in if he's in on goal it's probably not great for us i do like um a shout i saw earlier in the trap about putting remedi on kaku the same way that we put kind of put him on on maxi morales kind of marking him taking him out of the game because he is their big playmaker i mean you have kaku you have tyler adams who's also a very good dynamic controlling midfielder who's going to dominate that midfield in a lot of ways um but with he's not necessarily the playmaker that Kaku is. He's not going to be giving the same kind of service to Royer and to Bradley Wright Phillips that Kaku is. If we can cut off those passing lanes, we're going to be in good shape. Yeah, you wonder if so. Rometty took Morales out, so yeah, he probably will go to Kaku. But it'd be interesting to see how Escobar does on Royer. I mean, that's you know, I mean they they've got a lot of height and strength on that that right wing with Royer and then Lawrence behind him. Um, and, uh, Moyle, Mule is uh, not a small guy either, is he? No, he isn't. I mean, they've got a lot of height, haven't they? got Royer, Lawrence, Long, Tim Parker. Uh, I don't think Rio is that small. Um, yeah, they, they do have a lot of height. I guess Alex Mule is only 5'11", but still. They, I mean, they don't really have that many small guys on their team to begin with, but... Um, that center back pairing is going to be hard to break down. They they have a great defense. I mean that, yeah. Aaron Long and and Tim Parker together have been two kind of surprising standout center backs this year. One of them, I want to say, it was Aaron Long made the um all eleven team. Right, I'm trying to remember how. Oh they yeah, ran. no, I think he's been voted best defender this year. I don't know. Yeah, but they released the um. The uh, 2018 All 11, and we only had two people make the team. I want to say. Oh yeah, Mickey and Mickey and Joseph. Yeah, and then I'm trying to find I'm trying to find that link, but anyway, it, it kind of escapes me. But Aaron Long is a guy that kind of just burst on the scene to me. I I was not really that aware of him before the before the season started, and he's been outstanding. Yeah, he really has. It's been very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. So we have first game is not this Saturday, but next Saturday, right in Atlanta. Oh man, the twenty fifth. It is ridiculous. I mean, I know everybody's heard this before, but to have this 
straddle an international break is just pathetic. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not very happy about it. It's it's really stupid. That's what I was saying. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I was telling people at the office about that today because I was saying, yeah, we don't play again for two weeks. So like, what the hell? Like, we're in right, the middle exactly. of the playoffs. What's going on? Right. <laughs> doesn't make this makes not a lick of sense. Um, and then they were still talking about how they're they're not sure if um, Venezuela still hasn't even announced their starting eleven or their uh, not starting eleven, but they haven't even called up their twenty three for the for the international break. The last I heard, yeah, I think they have now, and I think Martinez is um, called up, and I think they're playing Japan in Japan. Oh, that's God. one heck of yeah, a that's flight. Great. <clears throat> that's that's great. Yeah, I'm. I can't Hopefully, say I'm not uh, really nervous. I'm not really worried about the series. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm working on eggshells. I don't say anything about it. <laughs> yeah, it's the two best teams in MLS history in a single season playing against each other, as it should be. Even though, actually, really, is going to be the real final. Oh yeah, this is going to be what was it, Alabama and. Um... Georgia. No. no. Yeah, there was. I can't remember. It, it doesn't really matter. I'm not that worried about college football. I'm sure Kevin would know. <laughs> Probably something to do with Clemson. I don't know. Um, anything else? I mean, other games in terms of, I mean, the SKC Rail Salt Lake game. I felt like Rail Salt Lake really got screwed with that penalty. I don't know if you saw that. No, I didn't see that one. I did see their uh, their press release on the. Um, Oh my gosh! Sporting KC dropped um, RSL's logo, and then the R and the S fell out of the logo, and just it showed an L. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Jim. Ah, uh, that was yeah, it was a little disappointing. But I guess I mean you have the two teams. Oh, Kevin, Kevin's in the trap right now. What the hell, Clemson? <laughs> Clemson? I think it's Clemson. Actually, it's, Kevin. Clemson. No, it's Clemson. It's Clemson. Clampson, like the Clampets. Clampson. Clampies. Does anyone call it Clampies? Yeah, Clampy. Clampies. Okay, that's cool. The uh, the Clampy Bears. <laughs> the Clampy Tigers. <laughs> Damn it, Kevin. Call in or something. <laughs> yeah. Call my phone. I don't like people playing on my phone, though. Dan, what else do you have going into this game? What else are you thinking, fearing? hoping for i'm thinking that we the next game we play is kind of our revenge game and we destroy them 3-1 and then we play to a nil nil draw in red bull arena okay that's what i'm going with i'm not i'm not opposed to that i guess go up and um uh, kind of even though we don't have the personnel to park the bus go up to to new york and park the bus and and keep that result yeah i but i don't think we'll be parking the bus as much like i think uh i think we'll just have less opportunities to counter here he is the man like the myth the, the legend man. the clampy grad i'm like the candy man you start talking shit about clemson i'm gonna show up <laughs> Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. 
Okay. I can't hear Dan, obviously. Yeah. Which is probably for the best. I really want to apologize to everybody that is tuning into the show tonight. Um, Not for my absence, but for Dan's presence more than anything. (laughs) So um, that's on me. I apologize. I think you already mentioned it. Big shout out to everybody that showed up at the meet and greet in the atrium last night. Hold on. Hold on. That was at the very beginning of the show. You've been listening the entire time and didn't (laughs) want to call in. Well, it's not that I didn't want to call in. I just, I have so much trust in the two of you that I knew that my presence wasn't needed. Bad idea. Bad idea. (laughs) Why is that a bad idea? Oh, because I had technical difficulties and we didn't get started till 820. That's why. Catch it because... I think you just did it on purpose because you knew that if you postponed long enough, that I'd at least be yeah. a part of it in some way. No, so, it's what think, Do- it's what Domer said. He said Dan showed up first to YouTube. He said uh, that's why uh, YouTube YouTube took a shit. I agree. Yeah. Oh, so. <laughs> uh, it's in British time. Britain yeah. time. Anything I can do to help? Tea time. Is it on tea time? Man of the match last night, Kevin Darlington Nagby, right? Um, for me, I would say, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I'm going to be the one person that says it since neither one of you can muster up the balls to do it and say Miggy. I mean, without Miggy, I think that that game is a completely different. I mean, you say that for just about anybody on the pitch, but Miggy's free kick goal. I, I have, I would be hard pressed to find another time that I got as elated as I did watching that go in last night. And it just, this formation and this team right now is clicking in a way that I think we've all been wanting to see uh, with some regularity to it. The midfield has been amazing with Nagby and Rometty, and I think that they are getting all of the attention that they rightfully deserve, Nagby getting the man of the match. I, I'm not going to argue with that. But um, Miggy's presence, I mean, just those two weeks he was gone felt like two years, in my opinion. And and you've already touched on it already with Garza and the Garza strip. I mean, that guy has just – those two players, along with the midfield, along with Martinez, I mean, everything is just clicking in a way that we're – I feel like we're peaking at the right time. I would say – Some of that is, I would like to err on the side of caution a little bit. I'd like to remind everybody about where NYCFC is this season and what their recent trend has been. Don't become delusional and expect that level of success for the next two really, really challenging opponents that we're going to have, Red Bulls and whoever brings it out of the West. Um, But but be reminded of the fact that while NYC is a great win, it's it's a huge moment for the team and the players and the fans. It's not over yet. And uh, it was against a team that was kind of struggling a little bit. We all saw that going into the playoffs. It's beneficial to Atlanta and their mentality, but we've really got to sort of stay the course. And um, I think Red Bulls, it's going to be, you you hit the nail on the head. This is the championship series that, that the league deserves between levels. Has he finished? Yeah. <laughs> Dan just said, is he finished? Is, yeah. you, is you finished or is you done? I'm done. I'm done. Um, uh, anything yeah, else, Kevin? 
Um, looking forward to our return this weekend as I do sub content uh, while I babysit you, so everybody can stay tuned for that. Really excited to get hype and uh, babysit and see what comes of it. Should be a lot of fun. Um, the return of the Angus diet on Friday. Yeah, yeah, it'll be great. I'm just going to show up with a pack of steaks. Dan's going to smoke some meat. It's going to be great. Give give Tim a sponge bath. All right, boys. Great show tonight. Um, I was going to watch from the shadows, but uh, like the Ninja Turtles before me, I could not, could not remain silent in the, in the face in of adversity and, and <laughs> shit talking from Dan, which I, which I'd expect nothing less. So glad I could call in at least. You're welcome. Same, same, same. All right, dude. All right, man. All right. Take it easy. Bye Kev. Oh, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, not really. It's all stuff we've already said, Kevin. Yeah. We already talked about Almiron. That's man of the match. So yeah, it's okay. (laughs) Um, no. So hangouts died, and I'm talking by myself. So everybody, I hope you uh I hope you can entertain yourselves until we get back to the uh next round of games on the twenty fifth. I am nervous, um, but I am somewhat hopeful. Uh so let's bring this home. Let's bring it for the victory. For the victory. So I'll continue. I wanted to read a quote from um, Dyson. You know, the guy who makes the vacuum cleaners. Yeah, got a quote from him. Uh At the point you feel like giving up is the point at which most people give up. This is the point at which you must add the extra effort. And I think Atlanta United are going to be the ones who will have the talent, who will have the nous, and who will have the hunger to add that extra effort. So peace out to you all. Um, Tim said his computer died. So I'm going to sign off. Uh, you can follow me at, at DNJMS, or you can uh, follow Tim at, at his name, Tim Herb, or you can follow Kevin at, at S-M-A-L-L-D-I-C-K-S. And I'll catch you all on the 25th. Love you guys. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.